You are listening to the Antos Podcast, where we explore the nature of stories in the pursuit of being in truth. I'm Vod. And I'm Mac. And our sentience depends on you. Now cue the intro music. During the early days of Kelsier's original plan, I remember how much he confused us all with his mysterious 11th medal. He claimed that there were legends of a a mystical metal that could be let one slay the Lord Ruler, and that Kelsier himself had located that metal through intense research. Nobody really knew what Kelsier did in the years between his escape from the pits of Hassin and his return to Luthadel. When pressed, he simply said he had been in the West. Somehow, in his wanderings, he discovered stories that no keeper had ever heard. Most of the crew didn't know what to make of the, the legends he spoke of. This might have been the first seed that made even his oldest friends begin to question his leadership. I now believe that Kelsier's stories, legends, and prophecies about the 11th medal were fabricated by Ruin. Kelsier was looking for a way to kill the Lord Ruler, and Ruin, ever subtle, provided a way. That secret was indeed crucial. Kelsier's 11th medal provided the very clue that we needed to defeat the Lord Ruler. However, even in this, we were manipulated. The Lord Ruler knew Ruin's goals, and would have never released him from the Well of Ascension. So Ruin needed other pawns, and for that to happen, the Lord Ruler needed to die. Even our greatest victory was shaped by Ruin's subtle fingers. (sighs) Crap. (laughs) (laughs) These epigraphs just make everything worse, right? It just recontextualizes everything. It does, but like, it really, like... When I first heard that one, that last sentence took it out of took a lot out of me. Where it's just like, you know, the whole point of building a story, right? Is you got to paint, build the bad guy up. You got to paint the consequences. You got to make, you know, you got to ratchet the tension. You got to make people feel that way. And man, I, I quick quick detour. I can attach this to D and D again a little bit. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep attaching it. Um, not giving straight examples, but that's something that if you can do well. It is in a very interesting way to tell a story where if you can convince players, or in this case, you can convince readers that like even the victories we celebrated were ultimately a part of a someone bigger's plan and and it's done well, wow, that one just took the wind out of my sails. You know what's funny is I because I I don't regularly play D and D, but I one of the best stories and one of the reasons I actually like started looking at it at all was they had created this character, uh, or the DM had created this character, and they were, they started off and they ran into him like, oh, yeah, hey, I just need your help, like, you know, um, like helping with these crops or whatever. And they go in and they help with the crops. And he's like, great, fantastic, thank you so much. Here's your re- reward. And then they would leave and they would go to the next town and they would find out that, like, the crops that they they they, t- they helped with, like, you know, eroded or, like, started, to, started becoming an invasive species and going off everywhere. And then, like, in that next town, they would run into that guy again, and he was like, oh, that happened? That's weird. Well, okay, that's strange, but hey, would you mind helping me with doing this thing? Because I need you to, you know, I need you to help go get this item for me. And they'd go get the item or whatever, and then they'd be like, great, thank you. And he'd give it and give them their reward. 
and you know he would re- return it to whatever place in that town and then they would go over and they'd find out that that town like got burned down or something because of the item and they're like hold on this is a little weird right mm-hmm. <laughs> they ran into the guy again and he was like oh yeah that's strange but they were they had already caught on to you know basically every time everything he would do was some sort of negative and they caught on to him and now they were like like trying to chase him down uh and it was my whole point point was that that was like a really really interesting character it ended up being getting to the point where they had to like get like angels and demons and all sorts of other things to get this guy under them and they he had failed one saving throw or whatever and that was the only way that they were able to capture him they had to make all sorts of deals with everyone to be able to keep him there and then they had to make sure that he wasn't able to communicate with anyone in the afterlife so that he couldn't come back because he was so slippery for them. My lord. Yeah, that's a lot. All right, let's get into this really fast. Two quick ones here. Um, now, D&D is great if you haven't played it. You know, Tabletop role-playing games in general is great. I'm not going to even just say D&D. Like, I'm, I'm starting to expand out now, man. There, there's so many cool ones. Indeed. There's so many cool ones. So, Chapter 23, we get a Spook's point of view. And uh, he's sick. Uh, he's not, he doesn't feel well as would I having been stabbed and have narrowly apparently escaping a burning house. You know, I wouldn't feel great, but, uh, here he is. He's remembering his life as a schoolboy. You know, he's, he's hallucinating and he's remembering his past essentially. And he's remembering that the scar are trying to decide to turn, whether or not to turn him in for being an allomancer. And they end up deciding, um, they end up going, no, we can't do that because they come back and they hunt down the families too because they know that it, 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 they the, the steel inquisitors, inquisitors are going to root it out including like the families and everything uh and we learned that his parents are even there going like yep kill him we gotta kill him and that's when clubs arrives and we we end up learning that his mother called clubs and clubs ended up taking him and hiding him in in Luthadel. and uh i think something that's really interesting here is that Clubs ask him what his name is, and he says it's Lester Boris. Lester Boris, right? L- Lester Bornis. Lester Bornis, which uh, he re- ends up saying is street slang for I have been abandoned. And that's the end of chapter 23. Uh, chapter 24, we get Ten Soon's point of view, and uh, he's basically struggling with, you know, I re- originally was just going to come in here, accept my punishment, but warn everyone that something bad's going to happen. Then he realized that no one important is listening, and he went, well, guess I got to do it myself. And uh, his whole plan of escape hinged on them bringing him his wolfhound body. And, of course, they took the bait uh, in the previous chapters that he laid out. And uh, that's literally the end of the chapter. He's like, you know, I got to do it myself. And they gave him the wolfhound body, and he has a way of escaping. So, wow. These two, very, very, very quick. But, again, we are – I already mentioned this. I think this is the last episode I'm going to mention it in. I mentioned it in the first one this week that moving forward, probably starting next week, we're going to be covering maybe three or four chapters per – per episode now because just to how quickly they jump between but you know i don't know if y'all have ever seen uh anyone here listens you know who's listening has watched anime but that like full metal alchemist brotherhood does this really well where they lay out so many characters that you know um not spoiling anything here there's a literally a point where like 10 episodes 12 episodes are just one scene but it's because they're bouncing between like 10 main characters point of views at once well it's... and that's kind of what's happening here and there were some other things here, like, because uh, I, I, I did forget, like... Um, wait, wait, wait. You forgot? <laughs> Our viewers can't forget, though, to give us a like, you know? <laughs> you know, give us a rating. 
you know, if you like what you're hearing, please share us because we're a small project that's a trend of looking to grow, you know, and we want to share this with uh, more people, especially with us coming up to the end here, you know, on uh, Mistborn Era 1 and getting into more of the juicy Cosmere. So indeed, please uh, give us a like and a follow. Thanks. So um, there was a couple things like I, I remember they saying clubs was his uncle. But I thought that was always like uh, not a like not real yeah, yeah, like a blood uncle. That's Uncle Tommy, yeah. Um, but he is, but he was Club's uncle, um, and his father had said like you're you must be a mist wraith. My son had disappeared into the mist, mm-hmm. um, and her his mother was like desperately trying to save his life. Yep. So that was the whole thing. As Club's went in and paid him like very little amount of money, but it was like a huge amount of money for the ska. Um, and so it was kind of interesting. Uh, I said, I, I, I sent you something earlier where I said, Jonathan Banks, I think would be a very good clubs. You know who, yeah. John, you know okay. who he is? You sent me that. I do not actually know. I'm going to look it up real fast. You don't, you, you don't know. I'll tell you. I, I might, I'll, I might t- I'll tell you who face. it is. Okay. It's he's, he's, um, he's Ermin Trout from, from Breaking Bad. Oh. And Better Call Saul. Yeah. 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 He would be a fantastic clubs. He's got that like gnarled like you know. I'm amazed. I didn't know. Look. I didn't know who Mike's, uh, Mike's uh, actor was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's that because it, I was sitting here, and I was like, yeah, he's perfect. And plus, even in Breaking Bad, like he had like a similar kind of character of like mm-hmm. you know the caring guy who's just a tough guy in the background. I, I can know? just see it. I can just see it now. Breeze. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I don't I, know what you're talking about, Breeze. There's also a great April Fool's joke um, where it said the the Mistborn uh, cast has been announced, and um, Breeze was Hugh Jackman. Oh <laughs> my lord, he could be a decent a decent. Breeze. I don't know. I don't. Hugh Jackman can do a lot of cool things. He can. Um, he can. But the thing the thing was is we that really kind of drove things home was um, plotting ruined ruin plotted the Lord Ruler's death. Mm-hmm. And because it was, he's right. It's kind of weird that Kelsier would just stumble upon this, you know, un, you know, eleventh medal and, fi- and kind of and figure it out. Just again, Brendan laying down the foundation here, right? The entire book one, uh, what is it? Say so was like, the keepers have never heard of this. That's quite unusual. Right. <laughs> That's very unusual. It's like we literally like have the ability to perfectly remember every story that existed, and I've never heard of this. <laughs> um, but it was like Ruin, you know, being able to just kind of nudge here, push there, and yes, realizing that the Lord Ruler had to go because he knew everything and mm-hmm. was setting everything up to not be able to make sure he didn't literally get Literally a year. Literally, by the skin of Ruin's metaphorical teeth here, like... Within a year, if the Lord Ruler took the power again, even if they would have killed him, would have been. I mean, yeah, it would. Then you have to wait at least another and thousand odd, years. And I was gonna say, odds are we had it. We kind of discussed this, I think, last week a little bit. Where, uh, um, hopefully, not in the spoiler episode. I think it wasn't. Don't, I don't think it was. But we discussed, like, you know, what would it look like with a Lord Ruler taking up the power a second time? Right, having the knowledge because he would had. he would already know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, uh, I had forgotten about like how Ten Soon would get his dog body, and I remember mm-hmm. he, he had baited a, him. He had called, talked to Milan, and realized, oh yeah, they're listening. And Milan was even like, "We really want to wear dog bones." I, it, I, I kind of find it funny that the Condra are like so, like you know, <laughs> despised with dog bones. Uh, yeah. Like that's a thing for them, because you hear about like their true bodies, especially the younger generation. 
um, the later generations rather, uh, they have like really interesting, weird, true bodies. Yeah, dude, they're trying to bling out their bodies. But you would think that they would be like, oh, human bones even are like the worst thing. Like it's your yeah. true body that's the best thing. Or yeah, whatever. I mean, Tensun, Tensun said that though. Tensun was like, they're kind of hypocritical because they're like, they look down on humans, even human bones, they look down upon them still. But then they're like, their true bodies are just mimics of human bones. They're just made out of something, right? Yeah, it's like it's like even even given the option to be anything, they want it. They they choose to look human. Yeah, they're definitely something super duper interesting there. Um, yeah, I mean, looking back, it's kind of rough looking back at Kelsier's plans again. Just looking at everything, and if let's just frame this based on this epigraph here, right? We're just gonna make the assumption that uh, you know this was Ruin's plan all along looking back and framing the first two books as Ruin's plan is just heartbreaking. <laughs> it is just absolutely heartbreaking to realize that like we celebrated so hard when Vin, when, when Vin beat the Lord ruler and well, <laughs> well, well, and here's the other thing is Tensoon mentions that there are other secrets that he needs to tell Vin. Uh, mm, he's saying mm-hmm. like, I need to talk to her. I need to tell her everything. Cause like there, no one's going to do anything about it. And said that she might even be able to use the trust, you know, to be able to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's other secrets that the Chandra have. Um, there's always another secret. And there are things that Tensoon specifically knows about. We know at Tensoon's at least 700 years old. Mm-hmm. So he's been around for a majority of the time of the Final Empire's existence. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, you know, his he's getting up to the point where he's going to apparently try to make a break for it um using his dog body um but the the exciting thing i have coming up you know because like you said these were a little bit short was we're going to learn something in the next epigraph that proves that ham was actually right when he mentioned something in the final empire hey everyone vod here please rate our podcast and follow us for regular episodes monday through friday if you enjoy listening consider subscribing we are a very small project so please support us with likes and comments you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ontos. That's patreon.com slash O-N-T-O-S. Thanks again, and remember, our sentience depends on you.